Welcome to The Row Show. We're your hosts, Lawrence Britton and Jake Green. And in this podcast, we're going to go into everything related to sport and performance. And we're also going to talk a little bit about rowing. South Africa. It brings people together, it breaks down barriers. My passion winning to be the best. Being the best is something we strive for. Sacrifice, crucial role in South Africa. Compassion, great passion, fiction, ultimate goal. Glory, relentless training, pain. Pain. (laughs) Hello, ladies and gents, and welcome to another awesome episode of The Row Show. Today, we've got the hype train of World Cup 3, Saubaudia, Italy. And as always, it's your host, Lawrence Britton. And it's Jake Green, guys. And we are back in Lesotho. We're recording this from our studio up in the mountains. It's quite chilly up here, but, you know, we, we're keeping it real out here. And we have a new series of episodes coming out called the Olympic Diary, we'll be, where we will be covering our preparation and training going through to Tokyo, giving you a bit of a candid view into our lives and, you know, just discuss um, how, you know, how things are going to work going forward and, you know, get one or two guys from the, the rest of the team involved and just give that out to, to our patrons. So, you know, if you're interested, you know, patrons out there can definitely have a look and see how that goes. Um, but today, it's well, the hype uh, No, I was saying, uh, so, um, so, yeah, so our, our Olympic Diary is going to be released weekly uh, straight to our Patreon feed. You know, lots of people are asking about our training and our preparation for the games. We thought we'd do a quick... Uh, kind of take on it and, and just uh, release it once a week. And so if you're interested to that, head over to the Patreons. Uh, it's out there for them. And then maybe if it goes well, we'll condense it into like a one or two episodes later after the games and, and put it out on the on the yeah. free feed. Um, but apart from that, let's get back to the racing in Italy. Hype train Salbaudia. Not the biggest regatta, hey, Lawrence, this time around. No, it, it's, I mean, what we're doing in our, now when we're looking through the research, we're saying it feels like a bit like uh, between uh, World Cup and like an under-23 regatta. You know, there's a, there's a lot of new names on the on the sheet, on the entry list. Um, so th- um, we're guessing that there's a lot of under-23s and a lot of people that are maybe focusing on uh, Paris 2024 uh, so maybe some of the countries sending their the younger guys to this regatta to to test them out almost as if it was a post-Olympic year. Yeah, definitely. And it does feel like, I mean, we've had under-23 championships happening in Rachichi in the Czech Republic later this year. So I think this is definitely going to be um, probably a big stepping stone for, um, you know, the, the athletes that are uh, racing at this World Cup. But there is, you know, there is the, 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 the creme de la creme in a couple of events of some really good uh, good names. So... You know, we will talk a bit about that and, and try and give you guys pointers to to which events will have those high elite athletes. But what I, what I was also thinking about is that they might be, we might see some young guys uh, put their names up front in this regatta that we haven't really heard of or spoken about before and we might, might see them over the next few years build uh, quite a good name for themselves. So I'm sure that some of the people racing here will be talking about them come uh, 2024. But as you say, there's some big races out there for sure. And maybe not so much as like stacked events where it's full of Olympic athletes or, or Olympic uh, qualified boats. But in each event, there's often one or two uh, tight clashes that we're quite keen to see because some of the, the people racing haven't raced yeah. uh, the, the season like that clearly yet. So we, we're going to definitely see some of their, their speed come to the front. Yeah, I think it's all about, you know, we, we've seen over the World Cups, it's kind of like, you know, we haven't had the full field race against each other in one go. 
except for maybe a really few events. So, I mean, this is just another way where you're kind of like completing the spider web of, okay, that person raced that person who did really well at this regatta, and this is a new person coming from late qualifications is racing in this event against that guy. So it kind of gives you a general understanding of how um, certain athletes are going to stack up maybe later down the line to Tokyo. Um, but yeah, otherwise, I think there are going to be some very interesting uh, results here this well, weekend. And for our last World Cup of the season, the last regatta before we see crews racing at the at the Olympic Games, again, we're missing huge countries that we have not seen the whole year. Mm. Canada, USA, uh, Australia, uh, New Zealand. These are monster nations that we haven't seen race anywhere except a few sneak peeks at uh, late qualifications. So... You know, I and and especially on the women's side, I feel like that's uh, given them a huge knock. You know, they they are they those countries have dominated some of the events, women's uh, women's pair and women's eight over the last few years. So we're really missing out that depth yeah. of those fields. And but I think come Tokyo, and maybe this is a, a hot take from from me, but hot I think take, boy. Come, come Tokyo, I think. Women's sweep rowing, those three events, uh, pair four and eight, are going to be some of the best racing we've ever seen uh, come down the track. I think it's going to be absolutely brutal. Yeah, and definitely pay attention there. Lawrence came at you with his hot take. He's been talking to me this whole evening about his hot take. So anyway, um, <laughs> we've also heard uh, via the grapevine that Australia have done some uh, test, uh, World Cup test uh, regatta down under. And, uh, you know, I've, I've heard some good things from, from down there. So very exciting stuff. I think, uh, you know, the Aussies are, you know, one hell of a force to be reckoned with. So I really hope uh, everything's going really well down there. And, you know, all the athletes are, are flipping really G'd up to, to get on the racetrack come Tokyo. Yeah, it's going to be, oh, it's going to be really interesting to, to see where though these countries that have, we haven't seen since 2019 fit into things. And we know, that these are big nations. They're going to bring crews that are, are going to box near the top. Definitely. So, yeah, I think uh, it's going to be exciting. As Jake said, we, we heard some of the results really fast, especially on the women's side. So we know that they are, are going to send some some good crews. And then USA, New, uh, New Zealand, Canada also going to be joining the, the fray. And I think it's going to be also really – one of the things I'm actually looking forward to the most is seeing which countries are going to double up in which events mm. because we know women's eight and pair is a popular one for the the double up and our country is going to kind of play it safe and and try not double up and go for one goal one of the the events to see if they can win it or are they are they all going to kind of commit to the double yeah. up which is going to be uh quite exciting well i mean it, it just some insight there for the listeners out there the reason why the double up in the pair and the eight makes a lot of sense is because the pair and the eight race on different days, and the eight typically has few races. Especially if you're in a strong eight, you you probably only race a heat and then race the final later on different days to the pair. So it actually works out quite well, especially at the Olympics where there's a longer period of racing from heat to final, and there's less entries in most of the events. So that there's so that means there's less racing. Like the eight doesn't have a, a, a semi-final. You know, it goes straight eight uh, rep. A heat uh, rep final yeah. so that also cuts it down quite a lot i mean if you have a good week you can race twice and yeah. four times definitely i mean the, the the elite athletes in the past have definitely shown um that that, that experience you know the romanians have, have done it elizabeth leap a huge name there doubling up and winning gold medals and just olympic medals left right and center and i really want to see some doubling up especially on the women's side because 
I feel like as rowers, it's good to see the best athletes in our sport, you know, have, you know, those those races. I think it, it, it's, it definitely deserves recognition. Um, I often feel sometimes, you know, other, other sports where athletes can, you know, win multiple medals. In rowing, obviously, everyone understands it's much more difficult because of the aerobic intensity of the racing. But I really hope come Tokyo, we're going to see doubling up and hopefully see some elite athletes on the women's side get get some, you know, more than one medal. Okay, but Jake, we're getting sidetracked here. We're supposed to be talking about World Cup 3 and now we're just jumping onto all the crews we're not seeing at World Cup 3 and what we're excited to see at the at Tokyo. So, let's get back. And the biggest talking point I would say is Italy's shake-up. Italy, shaking it up. So, uh, mixed it, bag. Italy had uh, kind of a mixed uh, ra- uh, racing in... Uh, World Cup 2, not the, the best results or, or at least the results they were probably looking for in the four and the pair. So we saw the entries. First up on the entry list, it was a huge shakeup. And now looking at the entries for the, the actual events and the final entries for them, they've uh, swapped out. It looks like what they've done is taken uh, Giuseppe Vincino and Lotto out of the pair, which was their top boat, into the four and taken uh, Marco Di Constanzo and uh, Abignali, put them back in the pair. Yeah. So kind of going with a tried and tested method because these are these almost identical, and it's almost identical cruise to yeah. Rio's cruise. The only difference is that Dominic Montreon, who raced in the Italian forward Rio, is now out, and uh, Bruno is in um, for you know Dominic in the Italian men's four. So very interesting. I think definitely think this is going to be a shakeup. Um, Italy are definitely eyeing that you know the men's four for you know a potential medal and 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 they definitely especially when they're taking i feel like if they're taking vincino and, and lotto out the pair and both of those they've won you know, world champs in 2017 obviously since those years still incredibly fast crew but they've obviously battled a bit with injuries and maintaining that good form and then you know they're probably targeting they think that those four guys can make a big impact only thing though it's quite late in the season to be doing this. So classic Italy, though. Classic Italy. And, you know, they've got the Polish, I think, in the men's four to test out a bit. So that's a little bit of a, a benchmark and a yeah, measuring Yeah, because that was actually my, one of the points that I was going to say, is that now, yes, they've made these huge changes, but who are they racing here? And how does that give them really clear understanding of of the, the effect the changes have made? Yeah. Because now they're missing a lot of crews uh, compared to, to World Cup uh, World Cup 2. But, yes, yeah, so Italy have Poland... Uh, in the four, uh, those are the two big uh, entries I would say out of out of all the entries, and those are the two to watch. And then in the men's pair, we have finally we have Croatia racing again. Yes, so they missed that see. second World Cup, and and they let uh, uh, Serbia take the take the win. And unfortunately, Serbia is not at this World Cup, um, but Croatia, Croatia here. Yeah, so we're going to see what the the Sinkovic brothers have been doing, and how uh, the new Italian pair stacks up. And I think also the men's pair that you know Turland twins from France they they were some pretty pretty decent speed at, at World Cup too they also in there, but I, I find it interesting I feel like the the Croatian pair they have an interesting choice of World Cups to go to because I feel like in in previous seasons they also they don't they don't usually go to the big ones they, yeah, I mean, they, they often raced, go they race World Cup third. one yeah it's it's an interesting um, choice to to stagger those two World Cups for the World Champs or the Olympics. I wonder what the the idea is there to you know maybe it's a training thing or building confidence or maybe the playing playing the you know the underhand card keep people you know guessing yeah. what's what's going to come out there. Look, I must say I, I I'm not sure why they didn't race, but they must have had maybe they had a bit of injury or you know they had a bit of uh, trouble coming to to World Cup two. 
maybe they were maybe they were a bit worried about um uh the travel and mm. the covid for the big regatta yeah maybe it could be a thing i mean that that's definitely something that that all the teams are are playing with at the moment but a big notable exception from the second world cup that is coming to race now the third world cup is in the lightweight women's double skulls and that's the Dutch lighty double who unfortunately missed out on racing. They were entered, didn't end up racing. And I'm really glad to see that they entered into the event and they do have some decent competition there. Um, they're going to be racing. Also, the reason why it's cool is because um, the Swiss lighty double that qualified through late qualification is going to be able to race now um, in the in the open field. And I think it's going to be interesting to see the, the dynamic between the two of them, how they stack up. Um, the Italian lighty women's doubles also there, so I think that's going to be, you know, a fairly decent field. It's still, I think, pretty small compared to what we used to, but I think there's some definitely some quality there. Yeah, I think uh, that's probably the the as always the race to watch. If you're going to watch one race of the the whole regatta yeah, lighted women's double, it's going to be a banger. And you know, something that we actually probably haven't even chatted about is New Zealand giving up their spot for the lighted women's double. You know, we we saw Zoe uh, had to re- or retired after injuries, and and I don't know. She looked like she was just been struggling, especially with the weight, and you know, just getting down to weight and and being able to race uh, comfortably at at the lightweight uh, weight. And you know, obviously that took a toll, and and she decided to to call it a day, not go for for Tokyo after COVID. And then, in a I thought a super surprising move is they. They decided not to gave that yeah. they gave, gave that that seat back, even though they still had Jackie Kittle, which is like one of the most phenomenal lightweights ever. Yeah, and I mean that must be really tough for yeah, her I as think, well. I think it's a it's a real shame because you know the two of them I, th- I thought were such a you know I mean a, they dominated notable, this event. dominated the event at World Champs, and it's an event that is not it's easy, not to, easy dominate. to dominate. No, it's the hardest event to dominate, and they were really really classy at, at World Champs. So. It's definitely a crew to be mixed, but you know, in their absence, that really does open the field up. And I haven't really seen someone, you know, take that spot over. The lighty double looks very contested at the moment. So, well, we'll I would say the here. next favorite are the Dutch, no, Marika Kaiser the Dutch. and uh, and Ilza Paulus. Definitely on paper, I feel like should be the the next fastest. But I mean, there are so many. No, I think there I are think so you, many. You're going with a a bold move they're saying that Dutch and I also think favorite. that that American the American, American light uh, girls looked so mean yeah uh, they looked so strong uh, at uh, at late qualification so I think that they they're gonna definitely put in a, a big push yeah look the the lighty women's double is at, at, at Tokyo I think this is probably gonna be the, the most uh, unpredictable racing at Tokyo also like yes now you've cut down the, the qualifications so you have this this few number of entries that are that are so strong and literally feel like anyone could take it on the day yeah no for sure definitely for sure um and then moving on to a field that has a couple titans in it what is your hot take on the men's single skulls oh i think ollie is is just he's just stamping his authority you know i think uh, ollie is going to be unbeaten this season is my hot take is that your hot take Lawrence making big calls on the program today, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Yo, okay. Undefeated. Although I don't think that's too much. That's too... I think that's, you know, I think he has been pretty dominant. Uh, he's raced at every World Cup. Oh, no, sorry. Has he? Can't remember. I think he raced at Europeans second and third. Europeans, he won quite... Uh, I don't want to say comfortably because, you know, the, the, the rest of the field always seems to catch him a bit at the end. But for me, 
is he letting them catch? Is he letting them, uh, you know, yeah, catch them? Like, or is like he how much is he? How much is he backing off? And how much are they? Is their sprint coming up to him? And also, they're not catching, catching him. Yeah, like they're not putting him. I mean, he had the grimace on his face at the in the last three hundred meters at Lucerne, and that race for second place was super it tight. It was super tight. Yeah, and I think he was quite surprised with Grisconis because Grisconis hang around for, for ages, ages next to him. Yeah, but you know, he just. Every time he races, I feel like he looks more comfortable, uh, you know, understanding what he needs to do a little bit better, rowing a little bit better. You know, his start is not, we're not seeing that like steady state build uh, out the blocks. He's banging it out there. I mean, he's becoming a seriously professional athlete mm. and he is so clinical and like calculated, I think, down the track yeah. that I think bar bad weather really disrupting him, I think he's he's definitely going to... Uh, be the be really really difficult to beat, and I think you know Sverre Nielsen is another force that's definitely become really consistent in the in this single scale from from Denmark, um, and I'd say out of the 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 rest of the bunch, I'd say that but he's probably pretty he's probably next up. I'd say with yeah. Chettle, but I'd say he's more but, consistent. But than Chettle, Chettle is usually improves through the season. Much yeah, he's got a. I mean, I feel like the Norwegians always do this. They have such a steep improvement court through the season. Yeah. That, um, that's the Olaf magic. The Olaf magic. There we go. That's the that's what's happening there. You know, this is someone who and knows how to perform at the is, games. He's yes, that's mentored true. all these guys. And, yes, very uh, true. You know, when the when it's time for some BMT, you know who who they're all looking at. And someone else who's also you know comes is, seems to picking up pretty good form is um, Damian Martin in the single skull. He oh, looks really, like he's starting to get good I form. I really, really, really hope that he comes with a thunder this last uh, two months of, of the season. You know, he, he finished 2016 off with that absolute humdinger. Monster race in Rio. With Mahi. And even Mahi said it himself in our interview with him that it was almost unfair that they didn't just both get uh, the gold medal. That's how close it was. And yeah, and I also want to say that in 2016, for those that can actually remember, um, Damia wasn't really featuring... At the yeah. top of the, of, he was no, he was the, getting the there. The, he was the, getting in the, there in the, the end there. But 2015, he was. 2015, still, he, he was wasn't still, featuring. He 2016, was he came with a late, late rattle, and he's showing quite similar things here. So I feel like this, this, I feel like this World Cup's going to be a big one for him because he came third at the first World Cup, which was a good return. I know he just returned. To he's form. been. He, I know he's had the all like a ton of injuries though over the last year. So if he's managed to get on top of that, and he's got that little bubble going that by that buzz uh, coming in and he's been training hopefully with the Sinkovic brothers things going well uh, maybe he can come with it I really hope to, I want to see him on the podium for sure he would be someone I would uh, really back and and I really cheer yeah. for uh, coming down the track in Tokyo definitely so Jake moving on women's double women's double okay for me the the big the big thing to look out here for is the the German Double who qualified through late qualifications that has Anna Katrin Thiele, Olympic champion, forced to be reckoned with in the in the German sculling system. She seems to have picked up a really good doubles partner and has become a real um, contender in the the women's double field. And for me, the nice thing about this event is she's got the 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 Dutch um, the Dutch double that's stroked by Lisa Schinard. I think I pronounced that correctly. Um, and uh, I think that's going to be a good indicator of how they might fall up come Tokyo because that Dutch double did really well. Romania have such a stronghold of the women's double field by such a dominant yeah, win I mean at the sec. They smashed it. So I think the Dutch even, you know, they you know, the Dutch are obviously a quite a bit of a pace of them. 
but the rest of the field is pretty close to the Dutch. So, you know, the Germans are going to be definitely be eyeing to see if they can get close or even beat them to give them a, a see how they stack up in the field. Oh, I was also saw this actually. I meant to post it up uh, uh, for everyone. Is that I saw some stats on uh, World Cup two. So winners of of the Lucerne World Cup. Uh, as a I don't know percentage of people who then go on to win at the Olympic Games and like I think it's only like fifty percent, fifty percent, fifty percent of winners at at Lucerne are winners win Olympic at Games, yeah. Olympic Games. I thought that's quite low. That's pretty low. I would say I would I would imagine it to be higher. I'm trying to think. Yeah, like I thought, like because that's a huge regatta usually, and then the the percentage, yeah. and then to have it that much. But I I suppose you are missing quite a few people. Yeah. If in 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 some events, so I think that's obviously where it changes. Yeah, maybe I don't I don't know though. But the second World Cup in Lucerne is always massive. This I this know. year is probably the first year that it hasn't been as but big it's as still it usually is. It's still the biggest regatta by by, by a country. From, anyway, yeah. so that was just made me think of that when we were talking about how how far the Romanians won uh, Lucerne by, and then will they manage to to hold on that uh, that lead up to up to the the Tokyo Games? Yeah, and I think you know besides that, I think there's. And again, it's it's tough because there there are a couple of events that are, are quite lacking. But a couple other th- good ones that I think I've pointed out are both the the quads, the women and men's side. I mean, on the men's side, Lawrence, we've we've got you know Norway with Olaf and oh, can't wait. Yeah, I think we both big fanboys of Olaf, and uh, I know you know they haven't been maybe a little bit off form in the men's squad, but you know I think uh, everyone out there knows you know Olaf really well, and you know he's such a a, a huge, uh, you know, a huge person in the rowing community. So it's going to be exciting to see how that Norwegian quad does. And they've got some quite stiff competition uh, with it- Italy, Germany, and Poland. And I'd say, dare to say, you know, the best of the rest. I think th- the Dutch definitely got their grasp back on that field at the yeah, Second but World Cup. Oh, I don't know. It's still, it's not, it's, it's not done and dusted for no, sure. They need to, if they don't have a really good regatta at the games, one of these crews is going to beat them for sure. Yeah. I mean, Italy is dangerous. Italy is very dangerous. Germany have the the, the kind of pedigree and the, the, the experience in the boat. So, uh, And you have uh, our King Olaf Tufta coming back in. And, you know, no I just saw on Instagram that on the plane he was playing uh, an old school Game Boy. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, fantastic. Nostalgic. I just nostalgic. that was so funny. That's how we do it. That Roll it right awesome. back. And yes. then, so that kind of wraps up the the main events. We don't want to speak about every single event. We want to hone in on the ones that we think are going to bring the best value and the the best uh, kind of racing by the end of the week. And it's going to be really, really cool to see. I can't wait uh, to watch the, the crews come down again. I think we're really building this Olympic hype. It is getting so epic. Uh, you know, the, we, we can really feel it. I mean, for us, obviously, we're training in it. We, we're in the thick of it. Uh, getting ready for Tokyo, and uh, I think we can also feel it with uh, all of you guys. You know, messaging us in, sending us your uh, ideas and and all your inputs, and it's it's been really really cool. Yeah, no, it, it has been really cool. And uh, again, we you know we're really excited to see this weekend's racing. Maybe this weekend's racing is not necessarily going to be about what happens with the top dogs, but maybe the you know the the underlying currents that are running at in under twenty threes. You maybe a look for the young blood. So, you know, if those out there, keep those eyes peeled as a young crew, see how they do. Maybe some sculpts will even be taken. You know, that happens every now and then. So you, I'm really excited to see what happens. And, you know, you don't always need the fastest. Everyone likes to see the fastest boats, but racing, sometimes you don't need the elite of the elite there to have the best racing, although typically that's where you get it. I mean, we hopefully still see some really competitive racing, some good spectator value. 
And of course, Salbaudia looks like a stunning uh, place. Oh, I mean, man. I saw the, the Oli Ziedler's post of him at the beach. It seemed like quite a far cry from the weather in Lucerne. Yeah. So, yeah. And the living in the mountains in Lesotho is uh, yeah, a little bit different to sitting on the beach um, uh, in, in, in the, the south of Italy. Sounds uh, pretty good to me. Yeah. And then, Jake, you just wanted to send everyone off with a, a little tidbit, a little bit of exciting stuff during our research. What did you find? Yeah, so listen, guys. You know, the profile pics in wool drawing, some are good, some are oh, bad. Some are amazing. I think, uh, you know, I think my profile picture might set the standard for poor. <laughs> my profile picture dis- 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 is terrible. <laughs> However, I think I've found someone that's probably worse than me. Um, worse? <laughs> this guy's the king. <laughs> this is the best the profile king. picture I've yeah, seen. Philip, Philip Zima from the Czech uh, men's squad. Yeah, you need to change your profile pic because I think your profile pic is from when you were eight or nine years old. I'm not even kidding. Oh, it's the best. If you guys want to just go treat yourself, Philip uh, Zima, Czech Republic, go and have a look at that profile picture. It's amazing. It's amazing. And go look at mine. Mine's also pretty shocking. I need to get hold of wall drawing and get that to change it up. I don't even (laughs) look like that. I think I took a selfie in a dark room and sent that to wall drawing. I'm like, this is That's what you want to put forward. This is the way. This is the way. Philip Zemus put effort into his. Looks like a yeah. Uh, looks like he took a professional shoot from uh, from when he was eight grade, years old. Yeah. yeah, there we go. Scoop photo. There we go. Anyway, guys, that's enough. We're not actually ripping on you, Philip. If you're listening, have fantastic racing. Good luck with the racing, and good yeah, luck. We'll be shouting. Sweet guys. Awesome. Um, I think that's all from us, Jake. Yeah, I think that's all from us. You know, just uh, if you guys want to get hold of us, please do so. If you want to talk about the racing, you know, chat about our opinions or. Just to get in touch with us, of course, go do that. Please engage with us on social media. You know, re- leave a good review on SoundCloud and all the algorithms out there. It really helps us out. And I think besides that, it's been great chatting to you. I cannot wait to watch the racing this weekend. Lawrence? Oh, it's going to be awesome. Racing is, is always great. And we know how dreadful it is. 29, uh, 2020, no racing. What a terrible year. So yeah. now we're back to, to good Thick. racing and building into these uh, these Olympic Games. Super exciting. Thanks so much, guys. Share it. Uh, tell a friend about uh, the show and let us know what you think. We're out. We're out. Ciao.